I would recommend that the the adult or the students that are testing it do a little bit of both because a student will or a, an adult will try to figure out and be like, I can't. But we're not talking about what you're capable of. We're talking about what is best suited for the learners, mm-hmm. what is best for a, a testing environment. And the biggest issue is when you're prepped, when you, the more prep you have, there's just more tools when it's paper compared to online. I'm not saying that online doesn't have its pros, but there's so many more benefits. And so I think having a student that has practice with ACT paper, then throwing them in the digital would be a fairer assessment of the tool overall. The ACT will be available in an online test format for Saturday testing starting in December 2023. As a matter of fact, I'm working with students who are already registered for it, and they had a really tough time finding availability for the online version of the test in my large metropolitan area. While some are excited about this test, many want to hang on to paper testing. Well, there's good news. The paper ACT isn't going away. Now, students will have a choice in testing format. Adam Snoza has spent 15 years in ACT test prep with his company in Omaha, Nebraska, and he is here to help you navigate the choice of online ACT testing. I'm Lisa Marker Robbins, and I want to welcome you to College and Career Clarity, a Flourish Coaching production. Let's dive right in to a great conversation. Adam, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, well, you know what? You were the first guy that came to mind because <laughs> I know that ACT test prep is your specialty. And, you know, there's a lot of areas of the country where um, people are more focused on SAT. And we talked on episode 60 with David Blobaum about the digital SAT that's coming in 2024. Mm-hmm. And we didn't realize that Saturday online ACT testing would be coming this soon, (laughs) but it's here. So talk us through the rollout of this online ACT test. Like what is, what's registration look like? What's the rollout and what does 2024 hold for us? So the rollout in my opinion is a little bit shakier than I would like it to be. The, the idea of, competing with the SAT in trying to offer a a digital alternative. While I don't mind it, uh, allowing students to have a choice instead of the SAT, where they just mandated everybody switch over. One of the things that I found uh, troublesome is that they have different platforms for practice testing. I've seen states uh, were given test nav for their practice test. You can use the international one, which uses a, a different uh, cloud format. Then you have the one on the ACT website, which uses a Tau format. And then even Wiley, the book that publishes the test, has a fourth format. So which one is going to come up in December? Well, I think it's the one on the website, but there's a little bit of insecurity when it comes to students. What's the thing to prep for? So I think that aspect of the rollout, knowing what program format we're going to actually see on test day is 
potentially scary and students might practice on the wrong thing unwittingly. And the other thing that I'm concerned with is access. I'm thinking of schools that are going to try to actually have this uh, digital ACT, but limited space, they don't have enough computers, there's just going to be technology issues. So a student that wants to take this might have limited seats available uh, to them, depending on, again, their location. So a couple interesting things. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, Something I heard you say in there is you. I'm gonna said a lot. I said a lot. I apologize. (laughs) That's okay. Like one of the first things that you said was, I'm gonna insert my own thoughts. Was that you believe that this is in response to the digital SAT rolling out? Like digital SAT is coming, so you feel like this is ACT's response to that. Is that your best guess? I mean, we're not sitting at AC in Iowa City. It's true. Well, I don't know which one of us would technically be closer, but uh, <laughs> maybe we can uh, get the vibes going. That's so right. as far as response, I do know that this may have been an independent thought because the ACT was originally going to roll out their digital stuff back in 2020 when they were going to do uh, digital testing with subject testing. But that got backburnered. They've been doing subject testing in for their foreign market, for the international market, for many, many years now. And while I believe that was actually more for security and cost reasons, um, you know, getting booklets all the way across the country for all those yeah. students, uh, I imagine would be quite expensive. But I don't know if it's a cost provision, if it's a response to the SAT's move. But I yeah. do know that they did hold back. They held back on rolling it out until, you know, the SAT had theirs first. So let me ask you a question, because as you already mentioned, the online ACT has already been available internationally. Yes. And for those states, not every state does this, but for those states that give a state funded or a district wide during the school days, which ACT calls it school day testing. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they've already had this online version. Do you know which of those platforms that online school day test has been? Has it been the one that's on the ACT website for practice right now? And that, I'll admit, I don't 100% know. Like I said, I did see a state that was given test nav as their practice test for okay. the district testing but no confirmation um, from that school. It was just a student that I heard. I'm in Nebraska, so our schools are still paper. This year, I come to find out that this year I have my first school that switched over. So I'm going to have a fun little conversation with their counselor. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because this is, and that's one of my concerns when I think about You know, here in the greater Cincinnati area, we had a school, a very large high school last year, switch from paper for school day testing to online. And and before the the Saturday online rolls out in December, that had students, you know, taking on the school day one format and then on a Saturday another format. So I think, you know, ACT, at least students can try to be consistent, but this hits your point of, you know, is there going to be 
wide availability because I logged into the ACT.org site. You know, I have an account and I went as if I were going to register for a test. And, and now it pops up like, do you want to look for online schools or do you want to look mm -hmm. for paper schools? So, you know, you, you choose that. And when I, so I selected online for fun to see what would pop up. Okay. Well, there's almost two and a half million people in the greater Cincinnati area in December. Mm -hmm. There was one test site in the greater Cincinnati area in February uh, for the February, I think it's the 10th um, ACT. There's two sites and one of them. It actually is in Dayton, Ohio, which is, you know, almost an hour north of us. So I do think availability is might be rough and, and that's really hard for kids. So what changes? Like, can you kind of describe, I know you've actually had the privilege of taking an actual online ACT in the past. Why, why did you get to do that? I'm jealous. So, no, sorry. Uh, I don't know about jealous, but. Quit so bragging. I, no. Sorry. I, uh, so I'm ACT certified. I took a, a certification program through the ACT uh, was called ACT Certified Educator. Now it's called ACT Instructional Mastery, which shortens to AIM, which I don't know how much I love that being from AIM High Test Prep. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I'm not, I'm not only took it, I'm also an instructor for that program, traveling to different states, working with school districts. But as part of my certification, originally you had to take an actual ACT subject test for each subject you're certified in. So I took all of those tests in the online format. English, and, math, reading, yeah, science. Every single one, uh, because you had to demonstrate competency at a certain level in order to earn the badge. And yeah, they that was my first experience with it. And it was, uh, well, let's call it interesting. Okay, so let's then, uh, so interesting is a very nice word. So let's talk about if a, if a student would opt for, or maybe they find out like a large number of kids that we uh, serve in the greater Cincinnati area did last year, that suddenly they're going to be taking the online ACT. What can they expect to be different than mm -hmm. the paper test? So I'm old, so I'm going to have a little bit of a bias but I think that that bias might be somewhat founded. I think a lot of students will go in believing that they like digital. They're on their phones. They're on their computers all the time. They're used to this digital engagement, um, whether it's using uh, Turnitin or Google Classroom or whatever. They're used to doing their work online. So they assume the same. But there are a lot of really solid testing strategies that you could find online that just don't carry over the online field as well as the fact that some of the tools take getting used to or might actually just be a bigger waste of time. I think one of the big things that I enjoy is uh, discussing is the timer itself. So by uh, tools, you mean things like the highlighters, the timer, yeah. what other tools are on the test that they might have to figure out. And then I want to hear about what you were going to say with the timer. Sure. So we have the, the magnifying glass, which I have no idea why you need that. If a student, so this is a bit of advice for any student that says, I love it. Well, let me give you some tips is I would recommend that you take the test 
uh, where you have a mouse and not a touchpad and a roller. Because depending on, and again, things may change depending on uh, the software they end up using, but all of the practice tests that I've seen allow you to hold down control and use the scroll wheel to magnify the screen that you're on, which defeats the purpose of a magnifying lens. I think the only benefit to that might be if you're trying to look at a specific point in a science graph and find an intersection. But uh, again, I would just scroll and scroll back to regular magnification. You have the uh, line eliminator, which I have not found a use for. It What it does is it allows a student to block out text, probably for like a test anxiety purpose or for, uh, you know, maybe an eye disorder where they have uh, difficulty reading too many lines at once, which I can acknowledge. I just don't like the fact that it resets when you go on to the next question. Well, you know what's hate- interesting about that when you said like, so the person that you imagine could benefit from it might have mm-hmm. some kind of a, a visual disability or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Those students probably are going to be taking paper to pencil tests anyway, or pencil to paper, I would guess. I would imagine if, well, again, one of the benefits. So if a student has a severe uh, you know, dyslexia disorder, while when I have students with that, I generally teach them to use their bubble sheet to cover up lines and so they, they're only reading one line at a time, but that doesn't remove the lines above it. So mm-hmm. there can still be a little bit of dyslexia for the words above it that can mix yeah. in visually within their visual field. This can narrow down to a single line. So that might be helpful for that student. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to take away the, the, the skill entirely. I can see benefits even if I don't like it myself or for the vast majority of students. I mean, so you took it and you're like, after that experience, you're like, hands down, I personally would choose a paper test every day. Is that? hundred percent. hundred percent. No doubt in my mind. And it, it's, it's getting used to the tools. It's knowing what tools work for you, which requires practice. There are so many, uh, cons to it that outweigh any of the pros. I mean, there are a couple things that I do like. I'll admit that. Okay, let's but... do let's do kind of the T chart pros con. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's get it out of the way. You've got it. Let's do it. To the positive. So what are the what are the few positives, Adam? All right. So now if I happen to leak a negative, just letting you know it might spill out of me. Because okay. I for example, the time. I've heard people rant and rave they love the fact that in the top corner there's a timer that tells you exactly how much time is ticking away which i i've heard a lot of people say they love and i agree because you don't have to worry about does the clock on the wall work is my teacher going to get the time right i've had proctors that have called the test early because they accidentally stopped the time at the five minute warning instead of calling the five minute warning so I, I, I've had misproctoring more times than I can count, and I think this helps alleviate that. But because I'm, you know, again, I'm always hesitant to uh, acquire new skills, apparently. I don't like it for every student because there is uh, a time paralysis. I've had students multiple times. Uh, I provide a watch to all my students, and I remove the sound uh, feature to it so it can't make a sound 
but they use it as a stopwatch. It's just a stopwatch they can't beat. I've had to have students turn that away from them because they cannot stand seeing the time click over. They end up staring at the time rather than actually taking the test because it's an anxiety response. And at, um, if they fix it, I'll be happy with it. But right now, you can mask the time. You can click a button and the time covers up. Love that. Solves the problem 100%, except when you go to the next question, it unmasks. Every question? Every question. So if you want to hide it, oh, that's now awful. again, yeah. that yeah. could change. That could potentially change. I hope it does. ACT, um, do if know... you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I've already told them. I'm the one that told them they need to mask it. But you but meant like permanently. What Actually, I did say un, it, there, the alarm at five minutes, it flashes the five minute warning at you. Then that can be when it unmasks. That could and be a maybe good idea. Can't be remasked after that. I, I, some feature like that would be fine, but. I can see students just staring at it because yeah, of an anxiety yeah. response. So, so can you come up with another pro? <laughs> oh, there, there we go. Uh, <laughs> one of the big pros that I really like about it is in, funny enough, one of them that is kind of challenging to do in the online format, but I can see a positive, the highlighting of um, a certain section. So if there's an English question or there's a reading question and it's asking about a certain line or a certain word instead of like in reading where it used to say in paragraph three lines 32 to 38, this word most nearly means they don't say that anymore. They're just like the highlighted word most nearly means. And it's right there and it's highlighted and it's really hard to miss. And so the students don't have to spend the extra five, 10 seconds finding where I'm supposed to look. Okay. Where are my line numbers? Okay. So it's in between 30 and 35. There's 32. They don't have to do that. I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that pro. <laughs> Any other pros before you move on to your cons? Oh, uh, oh man, you're, you're really pushing me. So uh, the highlighting function, I don't hate because one of the issues I have with students uh, when they do annotation, not every student likes to do annotation as they read, you know, underlining as they read, but the big issue I have is students will underline real wispy lines, just whoosh, and then how do you see that? Like that's not highlighting it to your brain. Right. Like this is important. I'm like, no, nice heavy marks, and it's like because if we're a paper pencil test, we're, we can mm-hmm. circle it or annotate in different ways. Okay, well, get your, that's, get that's your cons out of your system. I mean, All I know right. you're dying. I know you're dying. I, to do it. I am. I'm, I'm just dying for that. So. Uh, the first thing is there is an almost complete inability to uh, skip around on passages specifically for science and reading. Reading may be a little bit better to jump around between passages because for tests, we know that they're going to be 10 questions per. However, I heard this last uh, district yeah. test that yeah. came out, one passage had nine and another had 11. So that's going to throw that whole thing off. But science, two of the passages have six questions. We don't know which two. We don't know where. So it's not as if I can jump around by sevens because the other four passages will have seven questions. Right. I can't just jump around 7, 14, 21 and go to the next passage because one of them has six and I might miss question one. Uh, ACT, here you go. If you are listening, ACT, 
I would die in, in that bottom bar where it has all of the test numbers and you can see your flags and your eyeballs, a divider line, just like a, an unclickable line that indicates this is the end of that passage. So I can more easily and consistently jump without accidentally missing the first question of that passage. Right. That I would love that tool because one of the things I coach is, uh, for example, science. There's a conflicting viewpoints passage. And I have students uh, take that one first because that's the most time consuming one. Get it mm-hmm. out of the way. Where is it? If you're trying to jump around on those question numbers, that's a whole lot more time consuming and difficult than just flipping some pages. So that science, uh, I think the science issue that I have that I cannot get over the hardest, in my opinion, absolute hardest is the science test because you have to scroll. It's about and navigating a passage on a, sh- on a, what should be a piece of paper, but it's on a screen. What about this? Like you brought up earlier, if you can know if you're using like a trackpad or a mouse or, mm-hmm. you know, that makes a difference, which I guess when you log in and you're just going like I here in Cincinnati, like Milford High School is one of them that seems to be stepping up. I'm assuming it's just by school if a school wants to step up to do the the online ACT. Um, right. I, if my kid goes to a different school, my kid goes to King's High School and Milford's offering it. I don't know what kind of computers they have. Right. right. So. Absolutely. As you know, you also don't know what size screen, right? <laughs> Funny you mentioned that. Uh, I was in Kansas City doing one of the ACT certified programs, and I had some school counselors that were there, and they—that was their biggest complaint. They brought in their school issued computer, and they were trying to do the, the test I was administering, and they said, "I'm talking to my director right away because this is so." Because they were on like a small i think it was like a 15 inch chromebook that has a huge bezel on it and they they just couldn't see anything you know it makes me go like this would be interesting before a school steps up and says hey we want to host the online Mm -hmm. test an adult and maybe testing or curriculum should have to try to navigate i mean you don't have to take the test but try to navigate it and you know you mentioned that there is on the ACT website, practice available. Why don't we make sure we put like the link to that in the show notes? Because would you suggest like if you're, so you've obviously tried to talk people out of the online ACT. (laughs) Yes. And that's okay. That's why I wanted to have a professional on who has taken both types of tests, who prep students really only for the ACT. You're not an ACT, SAT guy. You are. Right an ACT guy. Um, And I thought, well, let's get the expert and get his opinion. So if you can get me that link, we'll put it in the show notes. Cause even if Adam hasn't talked you out of it and Hey, (laughs) I'm an independent, I'm like consumer reports right now. I'm independent. I am not trying to go ACT or SAT. I wanted them to hear from you (laughs) with, without me, I don't have a bias in this at all. But if you haven't talked about, it probably would be wise if their student tried to navigate the test before deciding like, yep, I'm going to go for it on the online test. And probably if people are going to listen to your advice, which is good advice, I would recommend that the, the adult or the students that are testing it 
do a little bit of both because a student will, or an adult will try to figure out and be like, I can, but we're not talking about what you're capable of. We're talking about what is best suited for the learners, Mm -hmm. what is best for a, a testing environment. And the biggest issue is when you're prepped, when the more prep you have, there's just more tools when it's paper compared to online. I'm not saying that online doesn't have its pros, but there's so many more benefits. And so I think having a student that has practice with ACT paper, then throwing them in the digital would be a fairer assessment of the tool overall. I think that's great advice to end on. Like, don't make an assumption. You said earlier that your student has fantastic, they're going to have a fantastic experience just because they can edit a TikTok video or do, you know, they (laughs) live on their phones and don't assume that just because you can, you know, we talk often on this podcast about students, there's a difference between being college capable and college ready. And so, you know, you might be online ACT capable, but is it the best choice for you? You know, as a business owner, I can do all my bookkeeping and it's not best for me to be the one to do it. There's better uses of my time and talents. And there's a lot of money on the line. So well, that one point could be the difference. Yeah, on getting in and earning scholarships. Absolutely. Great. Well, Adam, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for giving thank great you. advice. So this rollout starts in December. It sounds like it's going to be a slow, long runway to a lot of schools offering it. So your advice right now and stick with the paper test and uh, (laughs) Iowa city, Iowa, if you're listening to Adam, he, he, I think he's available for a hire to, for contract to to advise you on how to improve it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Take care, Adam. Thank you so much. Well, Adam may be my most biased guest that I've had on the podcast so far, but I'm okay with it. I wanted an expert who has experienced both tests and he gave it to us straight. Your homework for your weekly College Bound Challenge is to have your student give the online ACT a try. We have a link in the show notes to the international online practice. And if your student logs into their ACT.org account, there is additional free online practice in a slightly different format. As Adam mentioned, we aren't entirely sure what domestic online testers will get on test day. And don't forget to try the paper test too before making a decision. If today's episode was helpful to you, please share it with a friend who needs this too. Sharing, following the podcast, rating and reviewing helps us resource more students to launch into a successful future. Thank you for listening to the College and Career Clarity Podcast, where I help your family move from overwhelmed and confused to motivated, clear, and confident about your teen's future.